right. Welcome, everybody, to an all-new episode of the GVN Horror Show. Uh, this is a show where we will be breaking down some of our thoughts on different topics about horror movies. This week, we will be breaking down some of our favorite horror movie directors and what decade we think was the best decade for horror movies. Um, this show has been uh, really fun. Uh, last week's episode was hilarious. Uh, so hopefully we can top it this week. Uh, but let me introduce our panelists, starting out with Dom Diggity. What's going on, Dom? Oh, uh, man, you know, it's October, you know, my favorite month. It's, it's a good time. Came off, uh, you know, an interview earlier that went well. So, you know, I'm feeling good. Yeah, Dom slayed that interview. Uh, definitely a good interview, Dom. Um, next up, we got Chris. What's going on, Chris? Nothing much, man. Just opened a cold beer. I'm ready to talk about these uh, horror movies. After after missing last week's episode, I feel very, uh, very excited for this week's. Yeah, we definitely had an interesting group chat after uh, <laughs> last week's episode. Um, so we've all been ready for this this episode. Um, Dakota, what's going on, man? What is going on, guys? I uh, I too just popped the cold drink. Although non-alcoholic, I, I, I have a, a nice Coke, and it's very good. <laughs> um, it's really good to have you back uh, uh, podcasting with you, man. It has been too long since we've done. Uh, it has, yes. Uh, as before I went on, uh, I, my daughter wasn't even born, and she, uh, she is four months old now. Yeah. Four wow. Months. Four months. So, yeah. Congrats it has again. Been a fun time. Congrats again. Thank um, you, thank you. Just popped in here. AJ, what's going on, AJ? What is up, Dakota? It's nice to finally hear you. And I hope your daughter is nice and well. Congratulations. Absolutely. Thank you. Great. You started that off really weird, AJ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I am exhausted, okay? <laughs> I am exhausted. Yeah, I was like, where's this where's this going? This can go several directions. <laughs> I don't remember how we started it. I like, would just say your your word placement, AJ, was just it, it looked like it was getting weird. It was just uh, I hope your daughter's wow, nice. Wow. Like, Wait, what? <laughs> um Um but no, AJ, it, it's good to have you back, man. Uh, I was saying we had a lot of fun last week. This episode's going to be fun. Um, Lolo, last, but definitely not least, my fellow Patriot. What is going on, man? Oh, what's going on, man? Uh, I hate to break up that little bromance that you, Dakota, and AJ just had going, but I got to say, yo, Dom, Chris, man, it's great to be podcasting with you guys again, <laughs> you know, because you guys didn't get that. <laughs> I was definitely taking shots. You guys should have felt offended. Uh, <laughs> uh, but AJ, you just came on, so I don't know if I said it when you came on or not, but this episode we're going to be doing um, best horror movie directors and best decade for horror movies. Um, so we're going to have a lot of fun with this. So I want to start with some of the voices that are new to the show that we didn't have last week. Chris, I want to start with you first. I want to start with directors. Uh, I feel like we're going to have a lot of fun on this one to start with this one. Who would you put in first, Chris, as your favorite horror movie director? Well, I mean, I think I would be amiss if I didn't go with the uh, godfather of horror himself, who I consider, who I would enter as number 
one in the Hall of Fame, which is John Carpenter. Whoa, whoa. He had Halloween, The Thing, The Fog, Christine. Uh, <laughs> I mean, just tons and tons of great films, specifically from the 80s, kind of my going to Blockbuster and saying, oh, shit, here's a John Carpenter movie. Let's get this. Uh, so starting out, I definitely have to go John Carpenter. He's one of my favorite. I think he's one of the most influential horror film and science fiction film directors of all time. So I, right off the rip, that's who I have to go with. Yeah, I mean, it's like if you were doing like the greatest NFL players and you were like, all right, I'm going to start off with Peyton Manning. Everybody would be like, yeah, no, no, that, that's how you start this off. Like, that's how you start this off. Um, that is definitely a pick that I think if it didn't start off this discussion, a lot of people would be offended. Um, so it's a great way to start that off. He definitely, I mean, when you think of horror movie directors, I think if you talk to any director that's done horror movies, everyone has a story uh, about John. Like everyone kind of circles back uh, to him. So um, definitely great pick to, to put up. First on the board. Next up, Dakota. Who are you putting up on the board for best horror movie director? Well, it was going to be John Carpenter, but I guess I can't take that <laughs> one now. So uh, my runner-up would be Wes Craven, who's equally just as much a, a a master as John Carpenter was in his own way. Uh, you know, he created Freddy Krueger, uh, Ghostface from the Scream movies. Uh, just one of the one of the best directors uh, so i mean I, I who could really argue with that no one really and i've been um they've started uh scream five dom I, I know you've uh kept an eye on that they started filming for scream five and everybody's talking about like how great this movie is gonna be and all i keep thinking is like i really hope so um there is a generation out there that thinks <laughs> scream was scary movie um so it would be good if you reminded people how good that franchise could be um i, I do want to ask really quickly D dakota since since you put him up and um you mentioned scream how like if you if someone asked you like how many of the scream movies like should i watch how many of them would you recommend one and two one and past two. that i'm just not not big on uh the tv series was pretty good uh got a little convoluted in the second season uh but definitely you can't go wrong with one and two got you yeah i would i would i would argue that the movies got a lot different because you go from one and two which are super serious and then three is almost a parody of itself uh, exactly. which is one, one thing Wes Craven is really great at from, from having Jay, as soon as you see Jay and Silent Bob show up on the screen, you kind of know what that movie's going to be. And it sounds like you like Scream 3 and uh, that's just where we're going to disconnect because I hated Scream 3. It was the worst. I, I, I'm not going to say that I liked it, but I do appreciate what they were going for. And Scream 4, I thought, was a good way to give back to the series. So I would say all of them. Watch all of that's them. That's a fair point. Why not? I, I will say, I, I like you saying that, Chris, only because there's not many horror movie franchises that go, what, four to seven movies deep, or if you're Freddy and Jason, 90, um, that you would actually tell somebody, like, no, 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 like, watch the whole series. Um, so I find that interesting you feel that way about Scream, because um, not many you could say that about. So that's pretty interesting. All right, um, Dom, I'll go to you next. Who are you putting in for best horror movie director? Um, 
would probably have to add George A. Romero. Uh, <laughs> that's the reason why I fell in love with the, the whole zombie culture. Uh, you know, putting everyday people in a situation that is literally life and death. And then the fact that if one of your loved ones gets bitten, you eventually got to cap off one of your homies. Like, uh, you know, and then, you know, of course, we have the whole Walking Dead world that kind of branched off from that whole concept. So, um, yeah, that's literally one of my favorite genres of, uh, of cinema in general for the sheer fact of we like we're seeing it kind of now, even though we're not zombies. But the fact that people banding together to fight off Corona and keep away with your mat not wearing a mask and we want a mask and it's prepared us, but no one paid attention enough to get fully prepared. But um, yeah, George Romero definitely opened up uh, a whole new world of cinema that uh, we're still enjoying. I'll tell you what, we came really close to zombies. The closest we've ever been was when, uh, remember when that bath salt epidemic happened? Yeah. yeah. That was the closest we've ever been. And then, like, everyone was like, yeah, we should probably stop doing this. <laughs> um, I was really like, close to going down to Tampa with a GoPro just to see if I would find one. <laughs> I feel like the world needed to see it. <laughs> no, that was... It's also, like, it's like the creation of the real-life horror like horror slasher of uh, Florida man too. So at least we got that out of the whole bath sauce incident. I will say this though, Chris, our generation, like all of ours collectively, you know how like when our grandparents are like, you guys didn't have it rough. We had it rough back in our day. Oh yeah, grandma, were you guys sniffing bath salts and like becoming zombies? Did you have to deal with COVID? I didn't think so. Like we had it worse. Like our generation sucked. Um, we can't even see movies right now. Um, which that's we're gonna become baby boomers before we even know it. Yeah, those damn young kids didn't have to deal with the pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> we definitely will look back and say that to the uh, next generation, like you guys don't know shit. You didn't have to deal with COVID. <laughs> um, <laughs> you didn't have to deal with Trump and COVID at the same time. Uh, you know how difficult that is. Um, <laughs> well, I'll go to you. Um, who you putting up for your uh, best horror movie director? Uh, you, you know my penchant for terrible movies and <laughs> I really want to say Peter Jackson just because of 1987's <laughs> bad taste but that We're would gonna be get a, a lot slap in fine. the face no that would be a slap in the face to any horror film fan ever I'm going to have to go with Rob Zombie I mean I remember oh, yeah. <laughs> first time I watched House of a Thousand Corpses I was blown away and to come back with Devil's Reject Slither um lords of salem like he hasn't put out a horror movie that didn't nail it you know so i'm definitely adding him to that list he's not my number one but dom had to go ahead and do that can i add (laughs) something to your rob zombie thing because it kind of intercedes with uh with our other show uh he was going to direct a uh movie on the 1975 to i would say 79 philadelphia flyers like when they were just beating the shit out of everybody and i was so excited and i met the dude at south by southwest uh which by the way blown away first thing i said was my mom hated your halloween movie uh and this man made me call my mom and he he apologized to her over the phone (laughs) 
Wow. So I'm, and then he signed my Flyers hat too, because I had one on, and I was because I had heard about it. I was asking him, but a uh, super cool dude. But yeah, he can totally agree with you on Rob Zombie. Yeah, no, I love Halloween. So as soon as you said that, I was like, yes, yes, he deserves a spot on on the list for sure. Um, AJ, I want to go last because I, just in case I say somebody that maybe you were thinking, um, you can but, go uh, first. You can go. I don't care. You sure? Yeah, that's fine. All right. I'm putting in James Wan. Um, I told you guys last week how much I love Saul. Um, and then not even to speak about the fact that he started the conjuring universe that has now spanned. Um, he also, I, I know a lot of people are going to say it was not good. I understand. I, I personally loved it. I love Dead Silence. Um, I thought Dead Silence was was really unique. Um, it wasn't the greatest, uh, you know, movie, but I, I thought it was pretty unique for what he was trying to do. Um, but yeah, I mean, and <clears throat> excuse me, I really loved Insidious. I, I thought Insidious was really good. I didn't really need them to make two of them, um, but... Uh, I, I really did enjoy it, and um, I really think he's a visionary. And the fact that James Wan was able to bring horror to Aquaman and it work um, kind of let you know somewhat of how much this guy is uh, a visionary and what he does. Um, now, again, I'm not saying James Wan is the greatest of all time, but he would definitely make it very high on my list. So I'm putting James Wan up there. Did um, you see that, um, Annabelle? Was it was it Annabelle um cameo and Aquaman? No, I didn't. I didn't see that. I, I didn't see that at all. What was it? It was when I think it was as soon as he enters Atlantis, um, with um Mera, like it's that first scene where you just see everything, like the, like, trash and stuff in the ocean, and you just see a doll there. It, it's quick. But you you see a doll there, and it's Annabelle. Yeah, he did that with Dead Silence. Uh, I think I think I could be wrong, but I think Jigsaw was in Dead Silence because uh, the whole thing was about like mm. the idea of like the puppet or whatever. Um, so James Wan loves to do those little uh, those little nugget drops. Um, but yeah, no, nah, I, I freaking love James Wan, and he did Fast Seven. Like, come on, come on stop <laughs> sleeping on James Wan. Uh, the best <laughs> Fast. Fast series right there. No, AJ, I will slap your lips. Oh, the best. The best. Fast five was the best. Seven is the best. But I, yeah, one. We're talking about horror. <laughs> you talking about when they drove drove a Ferrari through a building and it landed? One hundred percent. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Out of here, AJ. <laughs> the ridiculousness. The ridiculousness <laughs> of Fast and Furious is what makes it so damn good. James Wan is trying his best to make uh, Fast and Furious movies, Marvel superhero movies. But anyway. Doesn't matter. Uh, Still good. <laughs> AJ, who are you putting up here for your uh, horror movie director? Yeah, so I was actually, earlier today, I was talking to a friend talking about horror movies. And I actually said that Mike Flanagan is on par with the West Craven. A lot of people will hate me for that. But I think that um, Mike Flanagan has a, I think he has a, uh, a more consistent resume to um even though his resume is smaller than um Wes Craven. I just think that his style in horror is probably one of the best there is from Haunting of Hill House, um Bly Manor, which just came out. I'm loving that right now. Um Doctor Sleep. Juwan, you said that was one of your favorite movies of 2019. 
uh, just overall, I just think that Mike Flanagan as a director and writer is fantastic in horror. I will never have a bad thing to say about Mike Flanagan. Uh, and to correct you a little bit, I said Dr. Sleep was easily the best movie of 2019. Uh, hands down, not even to be debated, including superhero movies. Best movie of, 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 of the year. Um, I, I won't speak on, on how far you were willing to go in your statement, AJ. I, I, I'll let the either the panel or the, uh, the, the people when they listen I'll let them uh, jump on you about that, but I will say if your if your first big movie is Doctor Sleep, um, that's a that's like a Mike Tyson kind of punch. Um, that's a great way to start off. So I haven't watched the shows on Netflix, um, mainly because I didn't have any interest. But then I found out he did them, and I was like, oh shit, now I gotta watch them. Um, so they're on my they're on my list of things to to get done. I was I was trying to decide if I wanted to do Alfred Hitchcock. Or, or James Wan, but you actually took James Wan, and I was like, oh yeah, I'm gonna pick Mike Flanagan because I just love Mike Flanagan. So he's not the best horror director, but I just love him so much. That is, that is definitely a I don't want to say drop off because that'll sound mean, but <laughs> from Alfred Hitchcock. Hey, <laughs> there there was some backpedaling there. We 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 said the we got comparisons to Wes Craven and then back to like I'm not gonna say he's a great horror film director. <laughs> <laughs> he's not. I just oh, say he's not man. the greatest. He's he's amazing at horror. That don't get me wrong, but compared to like John Carpenter and Wes Craven, I think he's comparable, but not like the best of the best like those two. You can compare, you can have arguments that Mike Flanagan can be up there with them. Like if you so his other, go on. So his other films were like Oculus and uh, Hush, right? Those would be the other yeah. two. Yeah. Big yeah. Ones. yeah. See, um, Hush was, Hush was he, really good. Yeah, Hush was amazing. I love Hush. Um, the one thing I will say about Mike Flanagan, I just want to see more of him with horror and Probably even like three, three more movies, maybe. I'll actually put him up there. Like I think he'll be comparable more so with John Carpenter and Wes Craven. So that's I'll, that. I'll say this. I'll say this, AJ. The only sacrilegious thing about what you're saying is the two guys that that you're mentioning with him have like movie or have characters that have spanned the the test of time. Like, mm-hmm. kids that were born eight years ago know who Freddy Krueger and Michael Myers are. Dr. But you had McPliskin. Yeah, yeah. Is- I, I agree with that. But you have to realize that we are in a new era with horror movies. And when people think of horror now, they will think of people like um, Flanagan and, um, crap, Jordan Peele and no, those type of I don't necessarily disagree with you, but I'm saying the one difference is they created a singular character that has spanned Mm -hmm. at least like 800 decades. Uh, So I I want to step in real quick because I will say Hush is getting a sequel. And out of all of the characters that maybe Mike Flanagan has been a part of creating or has directed, like that character I could see going on for a long period of time as far as just living through sequels. James Wan too. A lot of people will yeah. will um talk about James Wan in that um discussion as well with Annabelle 
And well, I would say Jigsaw alone well, yeah, is Jigsaw, yeah, and Jigsaw, Jigsaw too. Yeah, Jigsaw is what, what will make James Wan like infamous in the horror world. But my my point is, and and to what you're adding, Chris, my point is, we don't know yet. It's still so fresh. Um, I'm not saying he can't be amongst those names. That that wasn't what my argument was. My argument is, it's like when a a hot quarterback comes out of college and he breaks like rookie records in the NFL and everyone's like he's the next Peyton Manning and then he drops off like the next five years let's see what he does going forward let's see what what, what a hush two does or uh what 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 else he does going forward um you and throw if shade at Carson Wentz man say it again my quarterback go- sounds like you're throwing shade at Carson Wentz bud <laughs> my quarterback um I will forever show uh throw shade at Carson Wentz. So yes, if, if that's how you took that, yes. <laughs> okay, so um yeah, so with um Mike Flanagan, he's been doing even before 2013, which was his first like feature film, I think. Uh with um Oculus. Um he had a few like writing credits and short um short movies as well that predates that first um Oculus movie. So all I'm saying is that right now, from between like 2013 and 2020, he has a really good um, resume, and he's actually have another series called Midnight Mass, which I'm not sure is going to be horror or not, but that's looking promising as well. But I yeah, think he's not, his five years is what you were saying. I think I think it's already passed from 2013 to 2020, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, we'll we'll see. I, to me, the only reason why I speak very highly of Jordan Peele is because his level of horror is so is so different than what we've seen in the past ten years. Um, I won't say it's different than anything we've ever seen because he definitely blends in some Alfred Hitchcock uh, with a lot of what he does. Um, but it's just different than most of the horror we've seen in the past 10 years, which has been stupid shit like truth or dare or <laughs> in this bottle and then a ghost will come. Like, I know, think it's his style. Like with Jordan Peele, I think he has a style. He's, he's kind of like, um, who, who directed uh black Panther? I can't, I can't remember his name. Oh, mm-hmm. Ryan Coogler. Right. Yeah. I think like Ryan Coogler with, um, Marvel, Marvel, their styles are like completely different. Mm-hmm from the Marvel universe and the horror universe, I think, I think it's, I'm not trying to be like, this might go a little offhand, but I think with, it's their background, like their ethnicity and background, they have different styles between, from like white directors or any other directors because they have their own personal style. Is why I I feel like they have a, a certain identity with Black Panther or, us or uh goodness get out that just feels fresh in our minds or my mind well i'll i'll simplify what you're saying the the content or the the content is just different like it's not it's it's bringing social into the horror aspect and trying to see if people can comprehend what the connection of the two are um, and usually in horror movies, you're not like you're not watching it to go, man, that was really deep as hell. Like when Michael Myers slit her throat, I was like, <laughs> yeah, I didn't even think like that. Um, so well, I, I didn't I, I didn't get on the um, I didn't get on the decade show, but Gerald's game was on my list. And that's Mike Flanagan. Gerald's I thought that was one of amazing. the best. Yes. 
was one of the best movies of the past 10 years as far as horror films go. And I think that shows a little bit of range, especially with the, the Netflix stuff that he's been mm-hmm. doing mm-hmm. as far as being able to take over like a thriller or not necessarily as like slashers like a Wes Craven or a John Carpenter, but doing something a little different than we're seeing from everybody else. And Daryl's game was fucking brilliant. So I, I look forward to seeing where he's going. I'm kind of leaning on the side of caution before I throw him up there with some of these legendary yeah. directors, but I, I could see the comparison for sure. Yeah, I will say one thing about each and every one of our directors is that none of them feel the same. Um, they might be in the same subgenre of horror, um, but even the like Halloween doesn't feel like Nightmare on Elm Street, <laughs> like not at all. Um, so I mean, I don't know, I don't know. I, I definitely look at all of our directors and I go, we we assembled a really dope ass uh, list of directors. Um, I love our list, but speaking of decades, we can get into uh, the best decade for horror movies. Um, I'll kick it off. I'm definitely going the 2000s. Um, That is how smitten I am with Saul. Um, It's my bias. I told you guys. Also, I got um, within that time frame, I got um, shit. I said it last week. Um, What's his name? Did it? Uh, Eli Roth. Um, Hostile. I got Hostel, um, and to me, those were the two movies that were edging society into a whole new realm of what horror could be, because I believe right up until that point, that was when I Know What You Did Last Summer, Scream, um, I don't think we had any Freddy or Jason movies around that time, Um, but it was like slasher, it was slasher, so picture watching scream right and you're like oh i could handle that that's not bad and then saw drops <laughs> and then you're like whoa what the fuck what is this um so to me from 2000 2010 um I-, I thought we were really starting to get some different more edgier uh you know breath of fresh air kind of horror movies uh so that's what i'm starting with chris i'll go to you next uh what decade are you going with for your horror movies I mean, I'm kind of torn between the 70s and 80s. I'm going to lean more towards the 80s just because that is what I grew up with and kind of in my wheelhouse of things that I'm going to go back and watch for the most part. It's also kind of your big surgeons of one of my favorite directors, which would be Sam Raimi in the Evil Dead series. Uh, you get you get some, some great follow-ups in that. You get the continuation of Halloween. You get uh, – and Halloween is right on the cusp of – it was like 78 or 79 when that was released – um, it's just a good time for horror and, and it didn't take itself too seriously. So you get a lot of like really great B films, like pieces and, and things that came out. They kind of get slept on, but are really great in their own rights. Also like the satire they were able to put into it. I, I really love. So having some more joking type horror movies or something that you wouldn't take so seriously. So I, I'm going to go with the eighties for right now. I might kick myself later, but we're going to, we're going to go with the eighties as far as my favorite decade. I will ask you, since you went with that decade, uh, Chris, do you enjoy more of the horror movies that aren't supposed to be taken seriously? Or do you kind of prefer your horror movies to kind of be like, I don't really need it joke filled? It just depends. I think that there's a fine line you can walk, like something like Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, which is specifically meant to be a parody of the 80s in general, but still keeps true to those characters. Um, things like that I love. Now, the 80s, you were seeing so many horror films released 
it is hard to say that they're all going to be bangers, <laughs> right? Um, I prefer more of the some more of the serious ones, but the '80s just gave you a plethora to pick between, and you could almost never run out of them. Honestly, if you just wanted to pull up Shutter and say, "Okay, let me see what came out between 1980 and 1989," holy shit, there is a lot of stuff. Uh, <laughs> so. I, I think it goes. I, I I don't know. It depends on what I'm what I'm in the mood for. When I come up with like what I'm gonna watch during Halloween or, or during the month of October, it's always a list of about I would I would say about half and half or you know seventy five percent to twenty five percent. So twenty five percent joking and and seventy five percent more seriously. Uh, so I don't, I don't know. I think this just the '80s gives you a little bit of both, and you can always find some deep cult classics there. Yeah, I think to me, Chris, it always depends on the character. Like, for example, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, the the more recent one that they made that was supposed yeah. to be like this more edgier, taken seriously. I don't like it. But Freddy vs. Jason, that's my kind. Like, that's what I want for my Freddy Krueger. Uh, I want that completely batshit hilarious Freddy Krueger. Uh, when you're trying to tell me, like, no, there's like a deep meaning, but it's like, ah, I don't want that from Freddy. Um, so, I mean, to me, I think it's character based. Like if I'm watching the leprechaun, don't try to make me like feel as though this is like, oh, this is serious guys. Like pay attention. Like, no, I want it to where he's sticking his little <laughs> leprechaun finger through the phone. Like that's what I want. You well, know? yeah. And the eighties also gave you things like you, you get the poultry guys that came out, you get, you, and then you also get some more joking stuff or, or not more joking, but Almost horror films aimed at kids, stuff like Gremlins and, and Beetlejuice kind of fall within the, the haunted genre. But you also get some like really good cult classics like The Lost Boys in 87. So it just kind of goes all over the board from like your evil deads that are out there to stuff like Gremlins. It's just a great decade of horror that you're not going to run out of. And, and, and also the entire Friday the 13th uh, genre, all of the good films from Friday the 13th kind of came out there so it i don't know man it's, it's one of my favorites there are tons you know, i mean tons and tons of like i said cult classics in there like killer clowns from outer space uh the blob all of those kind of weird movies and then you get hellraiser so i mean you spun some great characters out of that time period and some really dark films and then some that lean more to the side of hey this is just for fun guys so i i don't know man there's it's just so hard for me to pick against the 80s no, you're right. I mean, you just named some classics. I think a lot of people, when they talk about horror movies, most of their favorite ones are probably from that decade you're picking from. Um, it was one of the golden years, I'd say, probably for, for horror movies. But Lolo, so no one steals yours. I'm going to you next. <laughs> what decade was your favorite for horror movies? Uh, so this is a personal favorite. And I think you already hit on it with the early 2000s. Uh, mostly, you know, I mean, to start it off, Saw, the, the Saw franchise, you know, with that start right there, again, for me, that changed horror and how you look at it in general. Um, but there's also, you know, as I am a big, uh, big fan of terrible movies, there are also some really bad cult movies that I just, I have to mention, you know, I mean, um, <laughs> y'all are gonna make fun of me for this but i will tell you right now my favorite director of all time i don't care what anybody says mr bull himself all right Ooh, we bowl i'm gonna tell you right now this is about he's a genius, yeah. the man's a genius. 
I don't care what you say, Dakota. You're a Philly fan. The man is a decent, right? So, I mean, with him and uh, I think it was House of the Dead was what he did in the early 2000s. And movie was absolutely terrible. However, the man's a genius. It was a great movie. I don't care what anybody says. Uh, the 28 days later, 28 weeks later, you know, that I love those. I movie. love those. Right, right. You know, uh, Hollow Man came out. That was another really good one. The Descent, uh, How to Make a Monster in 2001, I believe. Not many people have seen that, but it was very, it did exactly what it was trying to do. And that was make a video game concept horror movie. And it worked. It did what it was supposed to. It was not great, but it, it worked. And it's one of those movies that I'll always watch and always be like, damn, I like that movie. Um, My Bloody Valentine was just another one that yeah. it was just so, it, it wasn't great. No, but it was just, it, it stuck with you um, watching that movie. So I, The Descent, I don't know if I even said that one, but if I didn't, I'm mentioning it now. You know, these movies that, were they the best of all time? Absolutely not. But I think they really had a big say, especially me growing up. So maybe that's why. But I think those movies just kind of show that the like the the two thousands themselves were a really good time for horror. Were they as good as maybe the seventies or eighties? Maybe not. But I'm 28, man. All right. So those early, those, those 2000s time frame, that's, that's my jam right there. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm with you, Lola. I'm 27. So it's like that, that is, that is my jam. Uh, and I will say it was either 28 days later or 28 weeks later. One of those had one of the greatest openings, I believe in horror movie history. Uh, I think it was days, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was days. Um, and I think it was within our decade, but what was the one where um, they were in Alaska and it was dark for, uh, was it 30 days? In, 30 in- days of night. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah. That, I brilliant. Like, freaking brilliant. That was awesome. Um, uh, I also love The Crazies, uh, even though that might have yeah. been after 2010. I thought The Crazies was really well done. Um, it scared me because the whole plot of that movie I thought was playing out in Detroit with their bad water. I was like, oh shit, they're making the crazies out there. Um, but I, there are a lot of movies that, yes, I, I will with confidence say probably aren't necessarily better than what it might have come out in the 70s or 80s. Um, because I, I think with a lot of our movies, Lolo, they kind of were like, we don't really need to bore you that much with story. Let's just put crazy shit in it. Um, and I think 70s and the 80s, Chris, please correct me if I'm wrong. Um, I think 70s and the 80s were very much story driven. Um, mm-hmm. Like it wasn't just like, I'm going to just show you the craziest shit you've ever seen. It was like, I'm going to give you a really good story that blends with some crazy stuff. Um, I think I think it depends on the the director. I mean, like I said, the 80s, your, the quantity of horror movies that came out from a lot of film companies got cut in half during the 90s. I mean, there was a time period where making a horror film, you kind of knew you might lose money on it. Whereas when you get back to the 2000s into now, it's it's had a resurgence in a way I don't think people saw. But like in the 90s, everyone wanted crazy action films and and to watch shit blow up and like your Fast and the Furiouses. And we still get that, but there's definitely more. I, I don't know. It's kind of hard to say because I like I said, I think it goes with the 80s specifically. You kind of got both. You're going to get like a super serious The Thing or The Fly, right? Or Possession, like those kind of films, you're going to get those because you had some great directors. You had Cronenberg and, and uh, Wes Craven and 
John Carpenter, who we talked about earlier, you get a little bit of everything there. Uh, but it, to me, it's like it fell off in the 90s and kind of did come back around in the early 2000s. So like some people saying like I could see, you know, if you grew up during the decade of the, that of the 2000s from 2000 to 2010, you saw a resurgence. The only thing I, I don't like from that decade and kind of leading into this decade is just the mass amounts of PG-13 Japanese horror movie remakes. Yeah, uh, that would be that would be my knock on that time period in horror film. Yeah, I, I'm looking here, Lolo, and I'm like, <clears throat> excuse me, I forgot about this. It was one of my favorites, and I, I think it's somewhat slept on. The Strangers. Um, I thought The Strangers was so well done. I did not see whatever that fucking sequel was, so I can't speak on it. But that first one was classic. The Uninvited, Last House on the Left, I thought was was pretty mm-hmm. good. Um, the Collector. So I'm like, these were like, there were some really good ones, man. There were some really, really re- The Hills Have Eyes. Um, they, they classified Jennifer's Body as a horror movie? Really? Yeah. Oh, alright. I, I, yeah, I, I think you're the only one that is surprised by that. <laughs> I don't ever remember being scared by that movie is why I didn't. I thought it was a comedy. I, I didn't know it was a horror movie. Okay. Um, <laughs> all right. Let's, let's move on. I'm that completely just put me out of everything. Uh, Lolo, last question I'll ask you before we move on. Um, you can assume why I brought this up. If you remember our conversation from last week, but uh, what were your thoughts on Jeepers Creepers? Oh, that's tough. Uh, I'm going to get crucified either way. Uh, <laughs> in my opinion, I think that movie is very torn down the middle. You either really like Jeepers Creepers or you <laughs> didn't. Uh, personally, I liked it. I, I thought the concept behind it was really good. The way they did the action sequences were really Second good. Second one's better. I mean, let's let, yeah, all right, I'll give you that one. Uh, I liked how they didn't, uh, they didn't show, uh, the jeeper they they didn't show him too much because they could have they could have shown him like the entire movie but they kind of let like hey here's you know shot from behind and only see his hip in his hand they did like they did these really good cinematic tricks that kind of like left him this this air mystery about him and i really enjoyed how they did that i i enjoyed the action i enjoyed the the little what was that little ninja star thing he had going on there? <laughs> I mean, I liked it. I, I, I'm going to say I liked it, uh, but uh, it's, it's I, <laughs> still on the fence. I'm not sure which way I'm leaning, but I'm, I'm, I'm figuring it out as I grow. Yeah. No Jeepers Creepers is the horror equivalent of Batman versus Superman. You either have people that really loved it or will literally set it on fire if they can. Uh, there is no in between. Like there's, there's nobody that's like, I liked it, but not really. Like, no, it's I'm in either. between. You're in between, AJ. I am in between. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I, I, I honestly loved it, and you guys know I'm a huge Justin Long fan. Um, so that only boosted it for me. But I, I agree with Lolo. The idea that I didn't see him every four seconds, and it's like it's still somewhat a mystery. Um, I don't really remember the second one outside of. Was was that the one with the school bus scene, or was yeah. that? Yeah, that's the like, school bus one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I thought so. 
um, I don't know. I loved it. I, I loved the, the first one, but I'm the same guy that will tell you uh, the first Leprechaun was classic. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm in between on I'm in between on the first film, but I'm I like the second film as well. I, I thought the second was better than the first. Second one was the first one. Them pivoting off that damn song the entire first movie. It's like when you play a video game and they only have the eight second music clip the entire game. That's what it. That's what I think of when I think of that movie is that creepy overlay of Jeepers Creepers, the 20s song uh, thrown in just every 10 seconds in that fucking first movie. I will say a lot of horror movies lean too much on on theme songs. Um, very few do it well. Like obviously Nightmare on Elm Street nailed it. Um Halloween nailed it. I still think Halloween has the greatest theme song in horror yes, movie history. There's yes. nothing that that's even close. Friday the Thirteenth um, is very good. What isn't that just a? Ch- 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 I, I, yeah. I, okay, yeah. That, I, I always hated that. Um, oh no! <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no! All right, all right. Really quick backstory, and I'm gonna go to uh, Dakota. No, no, you ain't that. No, you ruined it right there. I, but wait, <laughs> I only hated it because. When uh, Freddy vs. Jason came out, uh, we used to play tag like outside a lot. And I had this friend that was like a, a complete douche. And he would just, he could make that sound so perfectly that it would scare everybody to coming out like, all right, I don't want to play anymore. <laughs> like, I want to go inside now. So I'm like, I keep thinking of that every time I hear that. And I'm like, I don't, I don't like it. I don't, I don't like it. Um, but definitely Halloween has, has the best. It's, it, it's not even close. Um, Dakota, best horror movie theme song, and what decade are you going with for your horror movies? Yeah, I'm gonna go with uh, I mean, I've got to go with the 70s personally. Like, I love grindhouse horror movies, and mid to late 70s were like chock full of them. And there's like going off of like what Chris was saying, there's some of the best, worst movies you'll ever see. Uh, Person like uh, one like the town that dreaded sundown. Uh, definitely one of my top favorites from that period. Black Christmas, uh, The Hills Have Eyes. All these movies that are were remade in the early two thousands. Uh, I'm much more. I guess I I would be in the latest, but I'm much more of a fan of the originals. Yeah, uh, and uh, best theme song for a horror movie. I would have to, and this <laughs> this is going to be a deep cut. I I I don't know. You some you might know. Uh, I personally love the Slaughter High theme. Uh, when I got a guitar, that was like the first thing I ever tried to play. So that's always been my favorite. So Slaughter High. If you've never seen it, it's a wonderfully terrible '80s horror movie about a killer jester. A killer jester. Okay, yes. definitely have to check that out then. Um, I, I'm surprised you didn't roll with me, Dakota, it, it, with, with, with Halloween. I mean, I could, obviously, yeah. <laughs> Halloween is classic, but, like, it, it's classic. But I, I appreciate a lot of aspects of movies and cinematography, soundtrack, and uh, I would say gore and effects are the three things I love most in movies. Uh, to the point where one of my Apple Music playlists is actually uh, horror scores. Uh, another one I would throw in there is the theme from Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, uh, The Chariots of Pumpkins, some of John Carpenter's most masterful work. Uh, John Williams, too, obviously, with Jaws. 
can't you're not working out to that playlist are you oh yeah every day yeah i'm just trying to figure out how you would like work out to halloween's theme that you know what you want a really good one to work out to listen to this uh spiria theme i will say goblin um, it's fucking amazing i will say the best i will say the only people i can imagine working out to the halloween theme song are like you know those aggressive joggers like you know they're they're like walking joggers they don't really like run it's kind of like a fast walk they would work out (laughs) so so the victims in every horror movie got it because if you think about it that's all he did was just walk every everything he did was just walk he never ran after you really it was just i'm walking so i can picture those aggressive joggers just like (laughs) listening to that you know what i'll I'll give him that like i I was actually I, i saw a post about this today like why does the military want everyone to run really fast i mean Jason Voorhees, Michael Myers, those those bastards never ran. They walked everywhere and they wait, wait, wait. Bodies. We've never we never seen them run, but they're what if off screen they did run? So technically they might have ran, but once they sh- were shown on screen, they just walked. I, saw, I actually saw well, this. Right. So so the next time AJ says something dumb like that, I'm out of here. They never all, ran. All I keep thinking about Lolo is. Like thinking about the idea of what AJ's saying, right? Like you see, you see this girl running through the woods, right? And and Jason's just walking. It go he goes off camera, and when it shows him again, his hands are on his knees, deep breathing. Like, <laughs> like I, I, I just I just always went with the theory that the victims shit and piss themselves, so they're gonna be w- running at the same speed as you would be walking because they're yeah. just dealing with the incidents that happened. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with that. But to be fair, also, especially back in the day, it was like it was quintessential for the people running to always just trip over something randomly. And then that's when whoever was chasing them was like, all right, I caught up to you. Like, thank God that branch was there. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. No thank other God this anywhere but there. Thank God. Well, I think that's what tree just happened to grow this way, <laughs> knowing I was going to murder this young teenage girl. <laughs> But I mean, that's kind of the mythology behind a good slasher is that he knows his environment. So they know the city inside now or the forest or the city inside now. So he doesn't necessarily have to catch you right then and there. He knows you're going to fuck up at some point. Like he knows the woods better than you know the woods. So, you know, especially with someone like Jason. You know what I want from the next uh, Friday the 13th, uh, 13th movie is he's been underwater like this entire time. Right. He comes back up and the entire town is different. And he goes, where the fuck are all the dreams? <laughs> like, what, what the hell? You should watch, uh, you should watch uh, Never Hike in the Snow. Uh, it's the dude that did Never Hike Alone, which is that big Friday the 13th fan film. Uh, they just released uh, the next one on YouTube. It's really fucking good, too. Uh, it's got the dude from Jason Lives coming back as Tommy Jarvis. Uh, and it's got Jason interacting with modern technology, so... You should check it out. I'm, I, I I'm definitely, so ready to um, watch the movie where they shut down Camp Crystal Lake, completely bulldoze it, and the next time Jason comes back, it's like, "Hi, welcome to Crystal Lake Condominiums." Do you have a room? <laughs> <laughs> the fucking hipster comes by him. <laughs> nice overalls, sure. bro. <laughs> I, always said this, I always said this, and I feel like Bill I Billy Jim over here. 
I feel like I never got this in a Halloween movie or in a Friday the 13th movie. And I don't count the one that Buster Rhymes was in. So before anyone says it. Um, but I've always wanted to see uh, either Jason or Michael Myers like chase like a black dude that's like really fast. And, like, see if walking gets the job done. Like if he walks and catches up with him or if he goes, you know what? Fuck this guy, man. <laughs> I'm going to kill somebody else. I, I, I give up. <laughs> You're the first one that gets away. I'm, I'm done. I'm you, done. You got away. Like, you got to live to tell the story. Nobody else, though. I'm not trying to kill anybody else is that damn fast. But I think that's why so many go on. I was going to say the, the way that always happens when there is someone that's the jock or the athlete, they seemingly run into the street and get hit by a random car <laughs> right? and then get murdered. So like, I don't know. <laughs> Could you picture that Hussein Bolt running and escaping <laughs> Jason and then gets hit by a truck? <laughs> <laughs> that's what needs to happen. I want to see that. And then Jason stabs him 90 times. Like fucking made me run. <laughs> like, I don't run. I had to run after he asked to find you. Uh, change my whole story arc for this <laughs> <laughs> like you just see jason and like the the meetings when they're writing the script like all right all right, all right. We, don't, we don't need this this many fast people anymore like you guys got to relax on that um aj uh were you the only one that hasn't gone no dom hasn't gone right yeah the dom can go okay dom what um generation are you going with so i originally was wanted to go with the 80s um, because, you know, growing up, most of the movies I saw first were from the 80s, um, since I was born in 88. Um, but I'm going to go with uh, the 60s. Um, kind of what, on lines of what Dakota was saying, I, I think the music, for me, plays a big role in a lot of early horror movies. That's why, like, the Halloween theme is so, like, iconic. Um, and I also, which is really weird, that I have uh, the horror essential playlist on my Apple Music. So I, I'm riding down the street to stop sign and there's just horror things, but that's not the window. And people already weren't scared of me. They're really scared now. Um, but out of the 60s, you know, you had uh, Village of the Damned, you had Psycho, uh, Carnival of Souls, uh, The Birds. I mean, it's, it's a lot of, you know, at that time, there is when we started seeing a lot of increase in uh, serial killers and reality. And then making people afraid of everyday things is hard to do. Um, and I feel like now we have a lot to draw on when we do. That's what, I feel like that's why Jordan Peele and Ari Aster are so good. They have a lot to, to draw from. But back then when you know film is essentially still a newer medium, uh, they had to find a way uh, to draw inspiration from nothing essentially so it is the like the birds like which is weird to me that people, i love birds but i know i have a lot of friends that they see a bird and they're like nah let me get away i don't get it but you know if they were someone at that time affected by the movie the birds i can see i can understand why that might happen um and like the 70s a lot of the movies now draw from these uh past films uh and you know of course we have uh Night of the Living Dead. So uh, everything we go back, we go back and uh, everything from this time seems to keep, um, I mean, I guess everything pre-80s really is getting remade all the time um, because it did have those kind of reactions. And if we could add just that little bit more to make it more modern, 
um, and it's done well, then we have something that's great. Um, but as we know, a lot of the remakes haven't been done that well. Um, we still like them because as a horror fan, a fan, you like movies differently than other people. You're a fan of kind of, you know, bad movies, essentially. Some of them are just terrible, but we love to watch them. Um, and which is why this, this podcast is so good, because, you know, we all like film in general, but we like film to the point where we like, yeah, this movie's bad. It's, it's one star <laughs> on everybody's list, but I watch it every year during uh, oh. October. So, uh, but yeah, the 60s, I mean, black and white, it's always going to give you that certain feel along with, uh, you know, actual really good composers and music that kind of lasts and is memorable. Um, that, 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 that realm and that era, uh, it's pretty hard to beat. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm glad you said that because it's like to be a horror movie fan means you have to be able to to separate what good horror movies are and what the horror movies are that you enjoy knowing so well <laughs> they are the worst movies ever created. Um, and that's how I always felt about um, Leprechaun. That's why I, I support that movie so much. It's horrible. But this shit is amusing as hell. Um, and then just when I thought, like, no way you can top how great that is. Leprechaun in the Hood? I was like, oh, my God. How did you strike gold <laughs> Um So, so I mean, it, it's just, it's the thing of being able to understand, like, Halloween. Great horror movie, right? Like, undeniable. And then to be able to watch something... <laughs> You know, like the new Chucky that, that came out recently and go, no, that was bad, but I didn't really hate it. You know, I didn't really hate it, but I understand it wasn't a good movie. Um, but yeah, I think that's very important to, to people that are fans of horror movies. That's why if someone says they're a fan of horror movies and they really know what they're talking about, I trust their, uh, their movie mind because I'm like, you got to be able to siphon through like a lot of really bad shit in <laughs> horror movie history. Um, uh, so if you're able to do that that's that's a talent going off of that that's why i'm not a big fan of horror fans nowadays because they sometimes they act all snarky and say oh those movies are bad and and <laughs> they just don't like bad horror movies then respect bad horror movies because mm, i watched well, hereditary and understood it yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, oh, get out is the best. Hereditary so much. <laughs> I, I loved, I loved Hereditary, um, but but I understand because I I think I'm young, the youngest out of everybody here. Um, but I actually grew up, even though I wasn't alive, but I I did grow up with the '70s, '80s, '90s as well because my mom was a horror fan as well, so I watched a lot of horror movies with her. So. I was lucky enough to watch bad horror movies, um, guilty pleasure horror movies, just whatever type of horror movies, and just learn to respect those type of movies so you can have a better understanding of good horror movies as well. But people nowadays, I just feel like they see a good movie and they continue to see a good horror movie or just movie in general, and they see a movie like Fast and the Furious or... um, I guess Transformers, even though I do hate Transformers, but like Transformers, they'd be like, oh, this movie is just a popcorn, mindless um, movie and it has no merit at all. And I just don't like that 
type of mindset. It just takes the fun out of um, being a movie fan in general. So that's that's my rant for today. Yeah, I would I would uh, I, I will agree with you that a hundred percent. And I think part of that is. Uh, they didn't grow up having to walk into a video store and then judge what they were renting based on the cover art of yeah. whatever they were renting. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. That's the only way I did. I thought Jack Frost was going to be such a good horror movie. Boy, I, still, I, I still do. I still do blind um, movie watches too. I don't like, um, I rent some stuff by them, but I still do like blind movie watches just to see how I would react without knowing like the trailer or plot or anything. And that's sometimes fun as well. I will say that is, that is, these kids are spoiled. Like the idea of going to Blockbuster, picking up a movie, like, like you said, Chris, based off of how like the artwork, artwork looks. And then to ask the person that's ringing you up, like, do you know anything about this movie? No, not, not really. And it's like, oh, <laughs> you suck. Like, <laughs> like I, I need to know before I buy this. Um, you know, to me, yeah. And on, on top, on top of that, one of the problems you run into is that you're also not going to formulate your own clean opinion without doing a blind watch. If you if you know what everyone else already thinks about it, you're going to go into a film with expectations. Whereas, like when I grew up watching a lot of these uh, B side horror films as a kid, it was like I either liked it or hated it based on what I saw, as opposed to what I read on the internet. So, right. It's uh, it's a, it's a very different time to be to be fair. No, and to me, sometimes having the information is what will put somebody off. Uh, mm-hmm. So sometimes it's kind of good to just go. I like what I see. I'm gonna just go right into it. Um, and remember, we also didn't have trailers like like people have trailers uh, mm-hmm. today. So it wasn't just like, oh. I enjoyed Leprechaun and Leprechaun in the Hood. Here's Leprechaun back to the hood. I kind of would like a trailer for that. <laughs> like, I don't know if I just want blind faith going into that. Um, but no, I mean, I really think that was such a great time. It was just like, all right, I think this is good. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and check this out. Yeah, I'll be back in a day if it's not. Um, but yeah, no, that, that was definitely an awesome time. Kids are spoiled today. Um, AJ, uh, yeah, and that's you, AJ. Um, <laughs> I think you are the last. Um, what decade are you going with? Um, uh, well, like I said before, um, probably the youngest one, so I'm actually going to pick the latest decade, the 2010 era. I'm going to pick that one. Um, we were just talking about how spoiled kids are, <laughs> and I'm probably the only kid in here. I technically, I guess, compared to you guys. You guys are all old, but anyway. Oh, thank uh, you. <laughs> I can't tell you how much I appreciate that. <laughs> well, what's that? You don't have to go hunting, AJ. The hunt 2020. So uh, what, what, what did you just call me? <laughs> old. I challenge. Anyway, the reason why I'm picking 2010. Um, is because there is a lot of, I think there's a lot of great horror movies in 2010 from Halloween. Actually, yeah, the um, remake of Halloween or reboot of Halloween. Um, you have Hush, we were just talking about. Um, it, the remake of It or reboot of It, I think is probably even better than the original It. Um, a lot of people will probably disagree with me on that because 
much like old people, they're stuck yeah. in their ways. 50, 50. They, they, they mean, are stuck in their ways. <laughs> they were both equal. The first ones were really good, and then the second ones, not so much. Yeah, let's 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 think about I, that. For a I actually I actually enjoy the second. <laughs> I love Chris. Yeah, <laughs> we we hit this in the chat. Like, there's massive problems with the first one. Once you get outside of that first VHS tape from back in the day, once they become adults and they're yeah. like super fucking whiny, the the reboot is a lot better to me. Just because as an overall story of what it was, the book it it does a way better job of treating the adults with a little bit more respect. So I agree with you. I like the second it better. I bet no one expected that one from the old man, apparently. <laughs> no, no, I will. I will. You guys saw me in chat. You know how I feel. The original it, <laughs> Tim Curry makes that movie, you know, or that, that mini uh, yeah, 100% exactly. agree. 100% agree. Yep. However, that, that original miniseries, was absolute garbage. It was ass. There's no way yeah. you can sit there and tell me it was good. I'm the sorry. same with Skarsgård. I mean, Bill Skarsgård is a great Pennywise. I think just again the story. The story it always it always happens to the story, and it was the same with Pet Cemetery. It's just mm -hmm. hard to nail that Stephen King adaption perfectly. Like you just, it's so hard to hit that. Well, uh, I mean, the book has a really good job of it. I did it. I. I agree with what your guys' thoughts are on, well, what yours is, Juwan, on uh, Dr. Sleep, because I, I did enjoy that movie, and I love the book. But you, it's rare that you see a movie, especially this latest crop of movies uh, released in theaters, aside from Dr. Sleep, they just haven't really hit that nail on the head. The first one was really good, though. I did enjoy the first one. Yeah, I think, I think if you're a director today and you're um, taking on a project uh, that came out 20, 30 years ago. I think the benefit you have with this newer generation, not your generation, AJ, a little younger than you, um, um, is the benefit you have is when you look at it, um, these kids today don't really care what came before. Yeah. Um, so they could watch it and not really care about the story. They're just like, I was really scared. Like, it was terrifying. Um so you have somewhat of an advantage because story to these kids today, it doesn't really matter. And you know, it's funny, AJ, I'm going to go off the rail just a little bit and then bring us back. Talking to my little brother and his friends, right? They were asking me what I thought some of the best anime were, right? So, you know, I'm going Big O, I'm going Gundam, I'm going Dragon Ball Z. And when I said Dragon Ball Z, they said, oh, what? It was like, that show's horrible. I hate, oh my God, like, don't get me heated. When I tell you, I never, oh my God. So, I never felt so old in my life than sitting there telling them, because their issue with it is Dragon Ball Z, and I don't necessarily disagree, but back then it meant more to us. It's one big, um, uh, what do you call that? It's one big filler. It legit, Goku on yeah. Monday. Oh, yeah. Go ahead, Chris. I'm so tired. I'm so tired of people saying that shit because they've given them multiple versions where they cut out most of the filler. And Dragon Ball suit or Dragon Ball, the last Dragon Ball, it was a Dragon Ball Super, was yeah. fucking incredible. So at this point, like if you're still hating on Dragon Ball, like you don't like anime. Well, the one out. thing, the <laughs> one thing that I hate about that, um, why people hate um Dragon Ball Z is once there's like a badass moment, like with the um Goku versus Jiren fight everybody was watching that 
No, you can't say one person that hasn't watched it. Even people that don't really watch anime that much watch that fight because it was so hyped yeah. up. Here's, and- here's the thing, though. Here's the thing, though. What made Dragon Ball Z special when we were kids were, because, again, the kids today are fucking spoiled. Everything comes out like this. Do you guys Ooh. remember we had to wait every Saturday at, like, 9 Ooh. o'clock at night for Toonami to come on to see a new episode of Dragon Ball Z? Like, that's what we had to do. So it didn't necessarily feel like a filler because it was week to week. So the anticipation was building. But picture this. If you're them having all 196 episodes of Dragon Ball Z, it does feel like one big-ass filler because you get to watch it all at once. So you're like, wait a minute. Goku said, let's fight on Monday, charged up on Tuesday, started the fight <laughs> on Wednesday, <laughs> talked on Thursday, and then killed Freeze on Friday? I don't want to sit through that shit. All right. I, yeah, well, then I, I, I never want to hear anything about One Piece ever again, then. Like, if someone says <laughs> One Piece is good, I'm just going to One Piece them right in the face. with <laughs> One Piece is so long, it makes you think, is Dragon Ball Z that long? I don't, I don't think it is. One well, isn't well to be fair with One Piece, it came out, didn't it come out the same time around Dragon Ball Z? No, it came out a little after. I want to say closer to the 2000s. That's that's when it was released in America, though. I'm just talking about in general. I don't, I, I still think it was closer to the two. You got to remember, Dragon Ball Z was around like when Power Rangers came out. That was like very early. Uh, 90. I mean, I could be wrong, but Dragon Ball Z was definitely like 92, 93. Well, not well in Japan. In America, Japan, as far as Tsunami Japan goes, was Tsunami, I'm scared to admit I wasn't an anime kid. Oh, no, Dakota. You missed so <laughs> much good stuff. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, with that, never, but with, never got on the anime train. But with yeah. the anime, anime kids at my school creeped me out, so it kind of turned me <laughs> off to it. Yeah, but um, with anime as a whole, I think there's with like the problem with like big anime stuff, like with Naruto and Dragon Ball Z, One Piece, all of them, the issue with that is that it's, it is mainly filler. Um, a lot of people, I guess, don't really care about that, but because Dragon Ball Z is so hyped up, I think they pick on that more so because of how, of how hyped up it is. I tell them all the time. I said, if you think Dragon Ball Z was a filler, try watching fucking Pokemon. Jesus Christ. Not only was Pokemon Pokemon one large filler, Ash is still 18 years old in 2020. Like, they still make Pokemon shows, and he's still... (laughs) He's six years old, so... It's like, Ash, what the... What happened? And it's crazy. He's left Misty and Brock back in, like, 2000, and he's progressively changed his team since then but ash and pikachu don't age still the same age crazy shit i've ever seen in my life um, it's it's obvious to me that we need like a uh, a recap of anime after we finish the horror <laughs> apparently <laughs> we do need to, we do need to do an anime um but no the, the point of me bringing that up was was to say that if you direct movies today it's a lot easier because you don't have to focus on story because these kids evidently as we just went down the rabbit hole don't care about story um, so it's just easier to give more of a wow factor. Um, and, and it sucks for us because we're like, we grew up on story. Like, no, no, bitch, enchant me. Like, don't just don't just cut his head off, like enchant me a little bit. Um, but Chris, I, I want to ask you, do, do you kind of 
see that becoming a new trend with horror today, or do you still think we have a lot of really good stories? Sorry, there's a helicopter flying. Come back. Okay. <laughs> then I'll go when to you. Uh, I'm going to jump in on this. Um, the, the, the world of Netflix, Hulu, YouTube, having, having this constant connection right at our fingertips has kind of driven us away from that. Being able to binge watch an entire season of a show in two days, if that you know, that, that has driven us away from that, that storyline, that narrative driven kind of piece to now where you have shows like black mirror, where do they connect? Eh, sure. Here and there and little bits and pieces and ways that you really wouldn't think, but it's, it's small, short, quick stories and, you know, solid action that really, that really punches you in. So it's not a lot of thinking and it's not a lot of like, oh, it's not a lot of character development. You know, it's the short, quick, boom, 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 knocks it out of the park. And that's, that's kind of how I'm seeing a lot, a lot of movies is taking it because we do, we have that ability to be like, Hmm, eh, I don't need to watch this episode. I don't need to watch this episode and you can just skip through. So that's like the good and bad of this Netflix era where we have all the episodes right there and we could watch it all in a day. But do you really want to sit through that hour episode and you know, it's just character development and setting up for next season. You know, do you want a Fresca? Like what? That's, that's the, <laughs> that's the way I look at it. Yeah, and, and I, I, I'll say I love like, <laughs> to, to answer your question, Jawan, since the helicopter's gone now, the, uh, <laughs> the when you miss out on some of that filler in Dragon Ball Z, you miss some of the greatest moments, such as like Vegeta putting on the pink shirt, for instance, or Vegeta having a mustache. So I, I think it goes a little bit of both ways. But yeah, I think now that you can watch everything in one single sitting, like you have eight episodes of a show. That storyline has to be, it always has to go. It can't stop. It's got to be nonstop, which I think the writing itself has had to change um, just because you're used to just getting all your media at one time now. Yeah, and to me, to me, I, I think what's what helps is, like Lolo was kind of saying, it's like people don't kind of want the patience of it. But like if you sit through Black Mirror, it's really good story-wise. I mean, yes, there are some episodes to where you're kind of just like, no, thank you. Um, but overall, it's really good story-wise. And I think you got a lot of guys that, that want to tell stories. But unfortunately, it's really hard to, to capture these kids. Um, it's really hard. Um, but Dan, I want to go to you before we even finish this conversation. We started off with best horror director and best decade for horror movies so i'll start with best director for you uh everybody gave theirs who who do you think is the best director in horror Ooh, that's a good question um I, my one of my favorites of past horror movies is john carpenter um he did uh obviously he did halloween he did the thing the Thing is my favorite horror movie of all time. Uh, I think he, and he, he's also, he composes his own music. So he, he helped come up with the iconic Halloween uh, theme song. Uh, so I, I would say he's my favorite of the past. My, one of my newer favorite horror directors is James Wan. 
uh, you know, doing the conjuring. And did he, I think he had a hand in Insidious. I'm not 100% sure, but I, I like the Conjuring movies. So those are, those have kind of brought horror back to the forefront and made them a little bit more, like they've been taken a little bit more seriously now. Uh, so yeah, those would be my favorite directors for horror. So um, I, I stepped away for a quick second. I'm going to assume John Carpenter was one. Yeah. Right? And James Correct. Wan was two? James Wan was two, yeah. That's why I love you, Dan. This is why me and you are on like a connection because I put up James Wan. Um, What he did with Saw, it it stands the test of time and it really was forward pushing. Um, And then he just followed it up with like Dead Silence. He did The Conjurings. He did, um, God, I said the movie before with the little Insidious. He did stuff like that. It's spanned. Like now we have... (laughs) We have crossovers. We have, uh, he's pretty much built an MCU for Conjuring. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he, he's very good at um, setting a very creepy atmosphere. Sure. And, and keeping, to, and, and he does things um, a little bit more practical. Nowadays, you, you see a lot of CGI, obviously, but, and I mean, he, he obviously directed Aquaman, which was, you know, it's a superhero movie, all CGI, but his horror movies are more visceral. Right. Uh, so, yeah, I respect that. I freaking love James Wan. Um, what decade did you think had uh, some of the best horror movies? Uh, I picked the 80s. 80s are my favorite year or favorite decade for horror movies. Uh, you got The Shining, The Thing, like I said, The Fly, um, Fright Night. Hellraiser, uh, yeah, I mean, the, you know, for, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, it's, I mean, though that's, it's tough to beat, man, the 80s were just, you had campy horror movies that were awesome, you had slasher movies that were awesome, uh, it was just, it's, everything good came out of the 80s, I was an 80s kid, so it was just, I feel like you can't compete with the eighties. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A little bias there, but yeah, no, I mean, a little bit, yes. a little bit. to be fair, I mean, it, it's not necessarily wrong. <laughs> yeah. no. so, um, so Dom and I just basically had the same picks yeah. <laughs> for oh, John yeah. Carpenter in the eighties. So I missed you. I missed you on this podcast out here <laughs> defending it. Um, I want to ask one last, one last question that I think is really fun before we get out of here. I don't want to keep you guys too long. So when it comes to regular movies, like just regular movies, right? A lot of people, I won't say everyone. I don't like ever saying that. A lot of people classify like The Godfather as like the greatest movie ever, right? Like all around greatest movie ever. So if we were doing that, but in horror, what is the one movie that you would say is not not like Godfather, but is like, the pinnacle of all horror movies. Um, I'll go first. This is no, I don't want to go first. I don't like that pressure. Um, <laughs> I just thought about that. I, I don't want that pressure. Uh, AJ, you're the youngest. I'm gonna force you to take all that pressure. Um, you're muted, AJ. You're muted. Okay, can you hear me now? Yep, there you go. All right. Um, I'm gonna go with Nightmare on Elm Street, actually. 
Uh, a lot of people always argued that The Exorcist is the godfather of um, horror, horror movies. I would not disagree with that. But for me, um, my first movie was Nightmare on Elm Street. Horror movie was Nightmare on Elm Street. And I still love Nightmare on Elm Street to this day. Um, it's horrifying. I actually do love the story of the 1984 Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, just overall, I just think that it had the impact more so than Halloween or Friday the 13th or any any slasher or horror movie when I um, when I watch it. Um, so I'm going to go with A Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, I mean, it literally made you afraid to go to sleep. Like, yeah. you, know, you know, like when you get so scared or something, like you're like, I'm going to go to sleep. So like, I don't think about it. That horror movie was like, oh, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Try. <laughs> go to sleep. <laughs> I'm going to kill the shit out of you in your sleep. Um, but no, I that that's a really safe pick. <laughs> it's a great one, but it's definitely. I thought you were gonna go out there a little bit, AJ. But um, okay, all right, all right. That was your conspiracy. <laughs> okay. Um, Dom, I'm gonna throw you on that hot seat right after AJ. <laughs> That's hard. You know, I think I'm. I'm gonna jump. I'm gonna jump out the window and um, go kind of newer and. I'm going to say Get Out. Mm, okay. And that brought something to the table that a person like me has experienced as, Same. Uh, as home. <laughs> and it's weird that, like, I remember me and my, my homies, like, after the movie came out, and we were using the sunken place all the time because we had homies that was changing because of the girls they was with. And I was like, yo, he in the sunken place. What's going on? <laughs> like, you yourself. And uh, <laughs> I had this weird incident with um my wife's family like the first time i went to christmas with them and they started um singing like carols and stuff i don't know we don't do that in my family we don't sing we don't do all this extra stuff <laughs> and i remember everybody in the room started singing and like i'm like the solo black dude in the room and i'm looking around <laughs> like this is this is a good moment like i need to run something's, something's off um but no like i mean uh, the, the whole concept, uh, it made, it, it's one of those ones that I think more people, I've never seen more people uh, ha actually have profound thoughts after watching like a horror movie because it was like very socially current and whatnot. Um, so uh, yeah, I think I'm going to put that as my my top. Yeah, I mean, that that's definitely um, a, a great pick. I mean, I, I think Jordan Peele definitely uh, move the goalposts a little bit with with that level of horror. Uh, I know for damn sure a lot of people threw out teacups that 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 next day. Just like ah, <laughs> spoons and teacups. Now nah, we don't <laughs> have in the house no more. Um, <laughs> you want some tea? You drink out of a plastic cup. You <laughs> use the fork that we got. You, you don't use the damn spoons. Um, but no, he's very innovative and. Um, what he's doing with J.J. Abrams on Lovecraft Country only extends uh, the creativity that, that comes from Jordan Peele. Um, I definitely think Jordan Peele on the same level of Mike Flanagan. I definitely just want to see what's the next thing. Um, you know, you do Dr. Sleep, you do Haunted on Hill, or whatever, Haunted Hill House, whatever the hell it's called. Um, what's next? What's the next thing that you do that really makes us go, 
holy shit, Mike and Jordan are on like a whole nother planet of their own. Um, so that's what I'm looking forward to from those two guys. I'm not saying they have anything to prove. Um, it's just I want to see what you do next. Uh, great pick, Dom. I love it. Uh, Chris, I'm going to go to you. What horror- so is the question is the question greatest horror film or the horror film that you love the most? Because they're uh, very different answers. I'd say the greatest then. I'd say the greatest then. And if it turns out that it's the one that you happen to love, then cool. <laughs> okay. Well, then I, I, I mean, I do love this film. It would not be my favorite horror film, but Psycho, I think playing the thriller aspect, building the storyline where she steals the money from the bank and goes to this creepy hotel and it builds the entire film. You get the great slasher moment of her getting murdered in the shower, the great uh, cinematography of the blood running down the drain. I mean, the first time I saw this movie, I didn't shower with the fucking, like, you know, like the shower curtain? That thing's always pulled back. Uh, For me, the first time I saw this movie, that thing is always pulled back. I'm not getting got by this guy. Uh, and then at the very end, uh, him basically becoming his mother, which is super creepy in itself. It kind of pops to different horror genres, some great cinematography, absolutely phenomenal soundtrack with the the theme from Psycho. Uh, it's an Alfred Hitchcock film, I, I, the godfather of horror, so to speak. It's just a beautiful, wonderfully done film. And it, I think it has a little bit of something to scare everyone. It's not stuck in one spot. So if I had to pick one that would probably be the greatest horror film of all time, I would go with Psycho. And uh, Anthony Hopkins is phenomenal in that as Norman Bates, specifically the very end scene, his kind of end monologue uh, sitting in the police station. It's just, it's still jarring to this day to watch that movie. And it's still one of the only horror films I've seen that does legitimately creep me out at times, which I'm just like, and maybe today when I shower, pull that curtain back again. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Uh, that that's that's a really, 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 really good pick. Um, I think when I first got into horror, it was reading Alfred Hitchcock. It wasn't watching anything. Um, that was, I think, the first my first steps into that world was by reading those books. Um, what was the one, I can't remember the name of it. Uh, you might've said it, Chris, but the one where, um, he killed this guy cause he felt like, you know, he, he was staring at him or whatever and like buried him under the, the floorboards or whatever. Um, I think that was an Alfred Hitchcock, uh, story. It, it was so unique in, in the way they were explaining it. Like he had this glass eye and he was freaking so- out. That, that trope has been used quite a bit, so I'm not 100% sure, but that's almost like the telltale heart where they bury him under the floorboard and you continuously hear the beat of the heart, and that would be Edgar Allan Poe. Who Edgar Allan Poe, is... that's who it was. Sorry, Edgar Allan Poe, that's who it was. You're right. You're absolutely right. Um, damn, why did I think that was Alfred Hitchcock? Why did I forget Edgar Allan Poe? I have so many questions here. Anyway, um, great pick, Chris. Um, Dakota, I'll go to you next. What movie are you putting up there? All right, so for the greatest one, uh, maybe a controversial pick, but it's, I don't know, uh, Candyman. I don't know a movie out there that didn't scare the ever-loving shit out of kids to turn off the lights in their bathrooms and say a name five times in the mirror 
I mean, it's a lot like the Bloody Mary thing. Bloody Mary, yeah. Fucking Candyman was scary as shit. And that movie still to this day scares the shit out of me. And I really can't wait to see Jordan Peele's Candyman because I, I know it's going to be really fucking good. But yeah, Candyman for me, 100%. Tony Todd is just one of the most underrated horror actors out there. Yeah, I'll say this. Having met him in person when we did our press junket for um, the Superman animated movie, um, the guy is just really terrifying. Like, everybody sat on the lower level when we watched the screener. Tony Todd's the only guy that's way up in, like, the rafters alone. And I'm just like, this is real. Like, <laughs> like he's really terrifying. Like, everything about this guy is so weird. Um, but, yeah, no, that was... I'd put, I always put Candyman in the same bubble. I put Phantasm in. Um, hearing, uh, boy, hearing him say that, like, always just gives me, like, the chills. Um, but, yeah, I definitely, every time I wanted to try to do the Candyman thing, I'd always wuss out. I would always wuss out. Always. I, I, I can't go through it. Um, <laughs> I, I can't do it. Um, oh, um, just ahead. a little bit about Candyman. Um, the director for can the newest Candyman is Nia DaCosta, um, DaCosta and she did Little Woods. I highly recommend you guys watch Little Woods. It's not a horror movie, but it's really, really good. So, right. Jordan is the um, he's a producer, producer yeah. Um, so it, it'll probably feel like a Jordan Peele movie, but um, you can all, you can already feel that from the trailer. But uh, it, it's definitely her baby. But um, yeah, no, that's a really good pick. That's a really good pick. Um, Lolo, you're next up. Where are you going? So some people are going to disagree with me on this uh, because they question Stanley Kubrick's visionary talents, and uh, they're wrong. Who are these people? Who are these people? I mean, let's be real. <laughs> when it, when you think horror, what's one of the first movies that comes to your mind? You guys have said a lot of great movies, but The Shining is going to be right in your head. Um. Was it the best movie? Still up for debate, but because of just it, it's just one, it's just that movie that horror movies, Shining. The Shining is always one of those top three that's going to pop up in your head. And I mean, some people will argue it's overrated. I do disagree with them on that. You know, it's a lot of storytelling, it's a lot of, a lot of tricks in, in the camera, you know, but overall, when I think of horror, the first thing that's really popping into my mind is, you know, Jack Nicholson breaking down the door, uh, Shelley Duvall screaming and there, here's Johnny. Like, I mean, that that's right there. That's burned into my head. The, the blood coming out of the elevators, you know, the, the twin girls at the end of the hall, that those, those things, you know, they have been used constantly and parodied and scary movie. And, you know, little tidbits have been dropped towards the shining as Easter eggs and other movies. So that is probably my movie when it comes to horror. What am I thinking first? It's going to be the shining. Yeah. And I love that pick mainly because I don't get Dr. Sleep without the shining. Um, you know, so I mean that, that has to, you know, to lend for something like I don't get the movie that I think is one of the greatest, um, uh, without the shining. Um, and Jack Nicholson definitely gave one of the most haunting performances. Um, that, that cast all, all around, I thought did a great job in, in that movie. Um, and like you said, the aesthetic of like the blood pouring out of the, 
the elevator is like, geez. Um, Chris, you about to say uh, that? Yeah, that was going to be next on my list just because of this. That, that's like my second down just because of the cinematography itself. Like it's a movie that makes you feel creeped out just by how well it's fucking shot. Kubrick is great at that. Um, even if he just the lead up scene where they're driving up to the hotel in Colorado is terrifying and they're talking about cannibals. I mean, there's there's a lot to be said by just how well the movie itself is shot, regardless of if you're comparing it to the book or if there's certain things you didn't like about the storyline. Uh, it's just shot beautifully and it is terrifying just seeing some of those down a hallway in a hotel things. If you watch that and go to a hotel, you're probably going to shit yourself. Yeah, no. It, I have it, a question. It, it was definitely the movie that made me fear twins, but uh, go ahead, AJ. Yeah, um, so which one do you think was more um, horrifying? When Rebecca Ferguson, yeah, Rebecca Ferguson went up those stairs or when Jack Nicholson went up those stairs? Jack. Rebecca going up the stairs was just hot, but Jack was definitely there. Uh, Jack yelling, I'm not going to hurt you, Shelly. I'm just going to bash your fucking head in with a baseball bat. It's pretty yeah, you, terrifying. You can't, you can't top that. Yeah. And, and I, I, think, I think a lot of people are confused by The Shining and what the direction of that film was. It's not about the ghosts that are there. It's about the mental breakdown of being yeah. stuck in this hotel by yourself for such a long period of time. And like that's why I think people love the tie into Doctor Sleep because it ties more into the ghost element, but that's not what Kubrick was going for with that film. Fair enough. I just want to know what the deal with the furry dog was because that is for that has confused me my entire life. All right, so I, I will tell you, and it will if you've read the book, you'll know this, but basically. There is a very rich man who is considered to be ACDC, which at this time would be bi. And there's a guy joking around with a, with a costume on that is gay in the book. Uh, so you, when you see that scene in the movie, that is a throwback to those two characters kind of hitting it off uh, in the ballroom scene. So when you see the ballroom scene with Jack Nicholson, that there's also some additional storytelling that happens uh, in the book itself that did not get put in the film. It's more shocking that way because you're like, what the fuck was that? But that that is what yeah, is going I, on. I didn't read the book. That's the last Stephen King book I've yet to actually read uh, is The Shining. But uh, yeah, it, 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 this, this, the scene in the movie just confused the shit out of me. All right, well, thank you for that, Chris. Um, Dan, you're next up. Well, I... I've been sitting here listening to all these great, great movies, and I'm I'm torn because uh, I there are two movies that one actually scared me when I was a kid, and the other one is so much fun to watch, and the, even the remake was a lot of fun to watch, um, and the, they're the two movies that come up to my mind whenever I think horror. Um, I think of The Exorcist mm -hmm. and I think of The Thing because those are my well The Exor the Thing is my favorite horror movie um, but The Exorcist scared the shit out of me when I was a kid uh, when Regan does the crab walk down the stairs backwards uh, you know that, that whole that whole end scene and just just a build up because Regan is such a sweetheart and she's such a nice girl and 
just seeing the toll it takes on her. Uh, it, it's very, it, it's very spooky, <laughs> for, for lack of a better word. Um, but yeah, I, and I, I think the thing had just such it had such good acting in it. Um, you know, Kurt Russell is awesome. The, the whole cast is great. With Keith David, I mean, who anything Keith David touches is awesome. Um, and just the whole no one trusting anyone and being in such a remote location. But just off of sheer scariness, I gotta go the exorcist as the the pinnacle in my opinion um i mean it's such a even the poster it's it's famous that that shot with the lamp light the uh the priest silhouette and i mean one of the best posters ever made yeah it's such a good poster i i wish i had that poster but yeah i'll never forget the first time i saw it at my cousin's house and it freaked me out. My father was so angry at his mom for letting me watch it. Why would you let him watch that? You know it's scary. Like, I couldn't sleep for a week. Um, so, yeah, that, that had an impact on me, uh, for not just for horror movies, but for movies in general. Um, yeah, I, I'm going to go with Exorcist. Hey, Dan, can I ask you a question about the, uh, the thing? Do you think Nulls was infected at the end? Do I think who was infected? Was it was it not? It's not Nalls, was it? You know, at the end with him and McCready. Oh, yes. At um, the end, do you think he was infected or assimilated? Yes, because they. Well, what? Uh, what was it? One of them isn't sweating. Yeah, it was uh, Nalls. He wasn't like that. Yeah, yeah he didn't have the fog coming off of his breath. Yeah, there. That's they're why I think McCready laughed at him because he knew it was just alone. Yeah. Uh, it, it was funny. But I always like to ask that question. They, I do remember uh, watching it, and you know, I'd seen that movie countless times. I watch it every October, and it, I think I noticed it maybe two years ago, two three years ago. Like, oh, you know, he's not sweating, and they're near the fire, so it's. I think that was their subtle hint at showing that he had been assimilated, um, but yeah. It's uh, that's a good question. I watched that movie like five times, and I've never known that. Yeah, there are so many questions you can ask about that movie. That's what I love about it is because John Carpenter, because it is one of my all-time favorite horror movies. I just couldn't like, like it's just uh, it's a masterpiece. But he, there's so many points in the movies where it's just ambiguous as to what's (laughs) happening. Uh, (laughs) even with the first assimilation. It's completely ambiguous who it was, so you never know. The best part about it is uh, I I was reading some trivia on it not too long ago, and they said if you spoke, I think it was uh, Swedish or Norwegian, the the other science team that's hunting the dog down, they said, like, oh, if you speak that language, the, the whole movie is ruined for you because they're saying... It's not a dog. It's a. It's an alien. So, it's just like little things like that. It just cracks me up. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I just I always enjoy movies that have that remote location. That's that's you got to put that on the the horror checklist. You know, it's uh, you get that remote location. You get the whole and I I, I tweeted about how I enjoy the mist 
over the shining because you're you have that whole no one trusts anyone in the supermarket uh and i just i love it because it really breaks people down to their most basic um like their their instincts to survive and that's why i loved he didn't direct it thank god um Mm. he was the producer for it but that's why i love devil um i thought that was really well done uh and it was masterful of a producing job by m night Shyamalan. um because it's the idea of like all right one of you is not who you're supposed to be uh and it's the idea of rationally working together you could find that out but it was the idea of i don't trust any of you um and you know that's what james wan played on in saw 2 uh, where the whole lesson was supposed to be work together. And at every chance, they were like, all right, let's push her into these needles. <laughs> and it was like, no, that's not what you're supposed to do. Um, so, I mean, yeah, the, the basic idea of that, of turning on your fellow man and how easy it is, is definitely interesting. There's a, there's a famous, not a fam- it's not famous, but there's a quote and it's one of my favorite quotes, and it's, it comes from one of the most unlikely places. It comes from Men in Black, the first Men in Black movie, where Will Smith's character asks Tommy Lee Jones' character, why doesn't the Men in Black just tell people that they're aliens? He's because, like, you know, any like, people who can understand it, and Tommy Lee Jones says, a person is smart, people are stupid. So, <laughs> if, you, if you tell one person, yeah, they could, they could handle it, but if you tell a whole group of people if someone's going to freak out and that's going to lead to others freaking out right so i i always enjoy that because it's so true you know you, you get put into a life or death situation and you don't know who is you don't know who's against you you're going to team up with whomever you can who makes you feel safe or we even saw that more recently when the news first broke out about covid remember how there, there were people that went out and bought bulk stacks of just paper towel and it was oh, like, yeah. what the Boarding. fuck are you doing? Like, what? It, that's not going to cure anything. Put that shit back on the shelf so somebody else can get some. Like, oh, yeah. what are you I, doing? People, people were selling hand sanitizer for like $100 on, on Amazon and eBay and you're just like, well, you know, that just proves that people are assholes. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I, I think it's when, when push comes to shove, Everyone likes to think that they're going to be the guy who's helpful, but they'll easily, easily turn on one another to ensure their safety, or they'll follow whomever they think will get will keep them safe, no matter the cost. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, it's funny that your pick was The Exorcist, because my pick, uh, so we can get out of here, was um, The Exorcism of Emily Rose. Um, to me... The only thing that stands out in that movie that I thought was just scarier than the original was the way she was contorting her body. Um, was like, oh, uh, it almost made me freak out. Um, I that movie to me was very well done. Um, Scott Derrickson did an amazing job. Um, it just really freaked me out. And then like the contorting of the body that really just, uh, I. I I couldn't do it, man. I really couldn't. And 
they continued to make more exorcism movies. I was really not interested, but that one there, poof, when I tell you, I don't, I don't think you guys have ever heard me scream. I think I scream like every five seconds of that movie. <laughs> um, I, I didn't want to put Saw in here because I, I think that was just too obvious that I would have went with Saw. <laughs> so um, I had to go with something that really just creeped me out to my core, and it was definitely the exorcism of Emily um this is a great bounce back episode guys uh can't wait for next week this is a really 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 fun one by the way lolo did suggest uh the platform on netflix if you guys have not seen it please do go watch it do not watch it dubbed watch it subbed read like always i watched it dubbed and when i tell you i was like is this a bruce lee movie like they were saying (laughs) stuff but like it was different from the subtitles and i was like wait what what am i supposed to be paying attention to um but it was a really 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 good movie definitely you learned your lesson right i 100 percent did i I always do subs always do do that again to be fair didn't we all say to do subs anyway you did <laughs> but to be fair i watch all my anime and dubbed and i don't usually have that problem terrible choice terrible i, I like it i like it but uh, i won't make that mistake again. you're you're a trash person trash person I realize that Chris. all your anime and dub <laughs> hey i like it i like it i like it i'm, uh, I'm just gonna ignore the blasphemy of you watching anime dubbed but are, are you really comparing anime where the lips normally don't match up with the actual audio anyway? And now you're watching it in English and like, yeah, yeah figure it's no problem. It doesn't match up. What? Well, no, here's here's why. Here's the only reason why I prefer dub. <laughs> with my attention deficit, you can't ask me to read and pay attention to what's happening on the screen at the same time. My brain just won't compute it. It will tell you pick one. Either I know what they're talking about or I know what's going on. I can't do both at the same time. That's why you got to watch it twice. Nope. No, no, this is, this is how I know. No, 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 no. This is how I know he's lying because I'm going to blow his spot up right now because he was all, when he was talking about it, he goes, yeah, man, I watched it in English with English subtitles and the words didn't match what they were saying. And I was, Wait, right. Why did you well, watch I'm, it subbed while watching it with the English dub with English subtitles? Now, now you, you just you just nullified your entire statement right there. Now you're making though. excuses, Jay. Come on, man. <laughs> to be fair, though, the only reason why I watch everything with subtitles is sometimes the audio comes in low and it's like, shit, I miss what they said. So I'm like, if the subtitles are there, I can just pick it up there if I can't really hear what they're saying sometimes. And I'm not blasting it. I'm old. I'm not okay? judging you. I don't Again, know. I'm not an anime kid, so you can watch it however you want. See? I won't give you any shit. That? See that? See that? That's true friendship right there. Uh, right? I, judgment. I will, no, I will directly give you shit. Call you out on your bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Agree with AJ. Call you out on your bullshit, bro. <laughs> I hate it here. I hate it here. I hate it here. All right, I'm leaving. Um, no, this has been another great episode, guys. Uh, Till next week. I hate all of you. Maybe I won't be here next week to do it. Uh, <laughs> but till then, guys, peace.